The Leave Your Legacy podcast is supported by Wise Financial. Wise Financial is a Northwestern Mutual private client group member. For over 20 years, Wise Financial has dedicated its efforts to designing comprehensive wealth management strategies for business owners and many accomplished athletes. Through their efforts, Wise Financial has been recognized as an industry-leading firm. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to the Leave Your Legacy show. I'm your host, Kenya Murray, and today we have a very, very special guest, Pastor Jason Price. He and I got to know each other over COVID via Zoom for a Bible study. It was great, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But I want to give you a short excerpt from a sermon he gave at Engedi Church in Michigan. No matter how the storm happened, whether it happened to you or you caused it, you need to know one thing. God is in it with you. I wish I had about five people that could get excited that no matter how this storm came in my life, God is in it. Can you say it with me? Say, God is in it with me. Say it again. Say, God is in it with me. And when God is in it with me, I can be at peace because he's for me. You need to know no matter how this came about, no matter how this storm happened in your life, God is in it with me. So what does this mean? This is the part where I get excited. I'm already excited. You say, you still yelling, preacher man. Well, I get more excited. You know why? Because that means even in delay, delay means not denied. So if God is in it with me, he can still do it for me. I get excited about that because sometimes I lose sight of that in the storm. Your delay is not denial. Because while you're waiting, God is working. He is a confidant, a friend, and more than anything, he's my brother. Please welcome Pastor Jason Price to the show. Jason, how are you doing today, my man? I'm feeling great. Excited to be on your show, King. And um, you somebody I admire, look up to. So Thankful you allowed me to be on here today. Absolutely. I know we're kind of figuring out when it will work, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do it. But we're going to cover a lot today. But I want you to give our audience a glimpse of who Jason is, especially when he was growing up. You know, he had, he had a few skills. We'll, like, we'll get into that, too, uh, both on and off the basketball court. But, uh, you know, tell our audience uh, a little bit about you. Yeah, I mean, growing up, man, I, I was I was a simple kid with a lot of a lot of ability, but with a hot temper, had a lot <laughs> of passion for a lot of things. Uh, musician, uh, so I played multiple instruments growing up: piano, bass, drums. But also, you know, I had this uh, this appetite to help and develop leaders and people. Even at a young age, man, I was starting businesses, uh, leading in my middle school and high school, and starting things. And so I had this entrepreneurial spirit and mindset. Uh, and I always kind of birthed in church where church was just this gateway for me to just express and grow, not just in my faith, but also in my leadership in life. And so growing up, man, I got in a lot of trouble because I had a lot of energy, <laughs> but I learned to channel it through my, my passions and just through multi ways of helping others, but also just continuing to build who I am in my character. So it's kind of my childhood uh, in a nutshell, baller like you. I wasn't as good as you. <laughs> now, for your listeners, I don't know if they know, 
yeah. you was a beast. I was <laughs> to you. I'm a ball boy. Okay, yeah. even though I was captain of my team, I would have been like carrying the balls for you. Yeah, but uh, played ball, basketball, just like you, multiple sports. But found my love and passion in music, and being able to develop and help others. Well, I, th- I think I was just actually talking to someone the other day. And they were telling me about how they knew what they wanted to do at an early age. It was like maybe their freshman or sophomore year in high school. And he was like, I knew what I wanted to do then. And I kind of followed that. Was that the same for you? Or did it take you a little bit longer to kind of say, yeah, you know, this is the path I want to go on. I'm going to go to college and study this. Uh, Did it happen earlier? Was it something that you kind of, you know, had to work your way through to find out uh, later in life? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like breadcrumbs. I mm-hmm. think sometimes our purpose or what we are wanting to do, it's not exactly clear, but I can see the breadcrumbs leading to the loaf. Right. And some of the breadcrumbs of my like development was that I loved being able to um, uh, come up with ideas and creativity, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. I always had this bend toward business. And so I went to school for business, but I also love being able to help people. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was just church. I didn't know it was like this whole leadership world. So a lot of it has been discovery along the way. But the breadcrumbs of me just being interested in business, having other mentors and people around me really helped, um, helped me really figure out what it was that I wanted to do. But I was more in the arena, Mm -hmm. you know, in the area of it, but not right on target. So still feel like I'm finding my way as I continue to grow as a leader and as a person. That's awesome. And, and, you know, I mean, and, You've had an interesting journey because you grew up in the church and, you know, so one people would think, okay, well now you're, you know, you're a campus pastor. So that was just kind of in your blood because that's where you grew up because your father was. So can you tell us a little bit about that faith journey, kind of how you came to the position you are? Because you and I have talked before, there's a lot of ups and downs. There was some wilderness, there were some valleys, you know, and, and those kind of things. So, so what was your faith journey like getting to getting you to where you are today? Yeah. I mean, the first step, you know, I, I, of course I went to school, went the traditional route of getting my business degree and I started working for a bank and I was a teller um, at a window and I was a loan officer. So I was doing both. It was at a credit union. Okay. And I just thought, man, I'm going to just continue to grow in my finance understanding and my leadership. And I'm going I'm to be a millionaire by the time I'm 26. I was 24 at the time. I was like, I'm going to just be in this finance world and just figure out money. Right. But as a teller, I was, I sucked. I could not <laughs> balance the floor to save my life. But I was excellent at the sales and customer service side. Right. What led and resulted in me actually being released because I had so many errors in the money county. I was number one in sales. I was number one in customer service. But they let me go because I was like, man, you can't balance a drawer. And I was like, man, can I just stay on the other side? Like, I'm really good over here. Right. Well, them actually saying, hey, we got to let you go actually opened up an opportunity for me to get this job as a youth pastor. And I did not, that was not on my radar. I was not thinking about this. I remember I was freshly married four months in my marriage and to the beautiful Charmaine, which I got to shout out the lovely wife, you know, love them. But I was freshly married and I was like, what do I do now? But man, my sisters were going to this church. They had like five locations. And it's the first time I seen church kind of operate at such a large scale. Mm -hmm across town and it was predominantly white and i was like man those white people don't want me over there that's exactly right. what i said <laughs> well my sisters and god convinced me to apply and i became a youth pastor there 
And I saw my leadership just explode. I became um, the executive youth pastor where I was over five other locations. And then that's when I got introduced to Elevation Church, mm -hmm. when I when I went to that church. And I just felt this prompting to apply for their internship program where I started all the way back over. So I get into youth ministry, become an executive youth pastor, and I start over at Elevation as an intern. Mm -hmm. And that was truly a wilderness kind of moment because right. I was like, start all the way over. I took an 80% pay cut to move here to Charlotte, North Carolina and, and be under the, the leadership of Pastor Stephen. And I went again from intern and it took me about a year and a half and they saw something in me where they allowed me to be a campus pastor. And it was really with faith and starting over, but growing in my leadership every step of the journey. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the one thing that COVID did do was it, it introduced the, it introduced our family to elevation. And obviously, you know, people have their own opinions on, you know, quote mega churches or whatever it is. But, you know, with Pastor Stephen, you've made different comments about him. And, and I've, I've, I've obviously, I've been to the Charlotte campus, which is unbelievable. It's a great thing to be. But why did you, why did you want to go into Elevation Church from a standpoint of it was new, you were starting over, like what was the motivation for you to, 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 okay, I'm going to do this. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue and I'm going to sit down, I'm going to start over and do it. Like what was it about the church that really like prompted you to go like, yeah, I want to be here. Well, for me, I, I've always been a man that's led by his principles, like his values that God has put inside. And I think if we got any leaders listening, like we have to be led by our convictions. Mm -hmm. And what I identify most with Pastor Stephen is his conviction around what's something that's very dear to me, and it's, it's unity and diversity. Mm -hmm. I've seen the church be very segregated, businesses be very segregated. You know, they say Sunday morning is the most segregated time of the of, of the week wow. because, you know, you have so many different cultures that just split apart mm -hmm. when I believe God has called us to unity and being of one mind, one body. And what I saw in Pastor Stephen that really inspired me is that he had this unique ability to transcend just being in one place. Number one, he could reach people all over the world. And that was always something I was like, I'm very engaged in that transcendent leadership. But also his heart for diversity is very real. Yeah. You know, he's the type of leader, uh, even when he was in um, college and coming up, he would be the one white guy in all black gospel choirs. Like, yeah. he was the one pioneering and, and loving different cultures. And one sermon that he um, preached that really compelled me is it's in your hands. And it was talking about how what's not healed in our hearts as far as racism, as far as uh, segregation and biases, if it's not healed in our heart, we'll pass it down. Right. We'll pass that hurt down. We'll pass that pain down. And he said he, his mission was not to pass that down to his children or not leave that legacy as the show is entitled. Yeah. But his heart was to pass down this unity and you can see it very evident. We don't just reach white or black people. Yeah. We reach multiple cultures across the world now with our music and with our ministry and with what God is doing through Elevation Church and Pastor Stephen. It's just an honor to be in the midst of that unity, which is my why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love it because I think COVID and he's he's mentioned this too. COVID helped Elevation reach so many more people. It's like, okay, how are we going to? how are we going to navigate this? And I remember some of the early 
uh, sermons and stuff that he gave during the pandemic, it was like, okay, we have to figure out how to do things a little bit differently. And I, and I just really felt like it exploded. It is elevation has exploded over the last two years, but I want to ask you, what is something about pastor Furtick that, you know, we see him all the time, but you get to spend time with him. What is something that is unique? And you mentioned a little bit of it, like his, um, you know, his love for diversity and inclusion and, and those and reaching people. But what's something about pastor Stephen that we wouldn't see from the outside that you get to see and experience, uh, when you guys are together, uh, whether it's at church or in meetings, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think with any level of success and you can identify with this, you you've had a level of success. It's easy very much to get caught up in it. And it becomes a whirlwind of responsibility and opportunity and decisions. And and you can kind of lose yourself. We see many famous people or well-known people that they get that level of success and mm-hmm. they forget really, you know, like they say in the hood, where they came from. They forget that that thing that really made them who they were, that made them special, that made them unique. I think what has uh, inspired me is after so much um, of what we call success in, in his world, he still finds a way to find the unique way to be who God called him to be mm-hmm. without all the glamour. And so I get to see the stripped down version of how he cares about the small things, how he reached out. Uh, my mom passed this year. You kind of helped me walk through that season. And he was on tour at Elevation Nights. Like our mm-hmm. worship team is in arenas. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he's preaching every night to tens of thousands of people. But he takes the moment in the midst of the fourth night where he's been on tour buses. He's exhausted. He's given all he had to shoot me a personal video to say how his heart was broken for me losing my mom, but how he was excited because of what she put in me. Yeah. Taking the time to be intentional and be who he is. He is that person like that actually cares about the small things, the things that people may overlook. And he could have used any excuse and I would have been fine. Like he's busy, he legitimately, you know, is in different cities every night. Like it's it's a really real reason to not reach out, but he did. Yeah. And he always has since I've been on his team. And so I have a unique advantage to see his heart, which I think separates him from a lot of leaders with that, that, that get the success and they kind of lose themselves in it. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that, that's, that's the human part of us too, you know, and it it does, it takes a strong person, which you talk about with conviction to be able to make sure that they stay grounded in who they are and and what, and the reason for what they're doing. And, you know, I found that in you, you know, I, I, I refer to you uh, very fondly as my pastor when I talk to people Um, and how we came to be friends was, it was crazy, but you know, I, I know kind of my my story and how you and I and how our friendship developed, but I, you know, I want our audience to to get your perspective on, you know, how the last couple of years you and I get to know each other. How how do you how how do I put this? How do you how think do it I came about? Yeah, yeah. How yeah? How do yeah. you think our relationship came about and and why it's been so close? Because I I I I know what I tell people, but I as a host and your friend just want to know what you say. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell people it's like Aladdin on a magic carpet ride. I mean, okay. it is. I'm telling you, but <laughs> you know, we have a mutual friend in Billy Taylor. Yeah. And Billy Taylor, you know, he was a uh, a trusted friend of yours that invited you on the call, a Zoom in 2020, 
And Billy is just an outstanding individual, you know, just just a great dad, father, coach. You're just a, a, an elite person. Mm-hmm. And, when he, you know, let me know that you were going to be on the call. He was like, hey, I just I just want you to know, like, I got a friend on there that I really I hope y'all connect. So he saw something in me and in you that should have been connecting. But I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. But the way I see it, I really do see it as divine because we established that and it was almost instant. It was almost like Zoom. I've never felt that like instant with somebody on Zoom ever. Like it's it's never happened again. Let me say it. I've been on a lot of Zoom calls. (laughs) I'm like, who's this guy from Iowa? Number one, when I met you in person, you are way taller than you are. (laughs) Can we just talk about that? Yeah. Like six. 611 is, is ridiculous. But <laughs> well, wait till you meet but, the boys. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be different. Oh, man, that's going to be crazy. But yeah. I really believe that it was a divine appointment because there were some things that you were going to walk through and I was going to walk through that we would need one another. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it shouldn't have been. Like, you're from Iowa. I'm from Tennessee. We, we should not be connected. But God, he chose us to be connected because even when we rekindled our relationship, I think it was like two years after COVID. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking through something extremely, still walking through something extremely difficult. And you reached out to me. You knew you had a guy in Charlotte that could be there and help you and just navigate. And so I felt like it maybe it was for us because we really are benefiting from this friendship. Yeah. But maybe for me to connect you to people in Columbia where your mom is. Yeah. And maybe it was for, you know, the seasons that we will walk through as men. But it's like just divine, really. It's like it, it means a lot. We protect it. We talk about real things. We do not waste each other's time, but yeah. we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's just like, wow, I'm I'm blessed. I really am. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly right. You know, I think about when Michelle and I were going through our, you know, our marital troubles. I had a Bible study group that I tapped into. And those men were what I needed at that point in time to hold me accountable to pour into me, to give me advice. And then the same thing, you know, there's been moments where I've had to reach out to you with some personal things, some marital things. And it's like, there's there no time missing. It doesn't matter what it's about. I love the fact that I have someone like you that I can talk to like that, because in reality, we all go through a lot of the same things. It may not manifest itself the same way with all of us, but we have a lot of valleys. We have the wilderness that we have to walk through and to have someone like you be there for me. Like I know that it's made me, um, I mean, one, our friendships is deepened. My faith is deepened because like you said, I do feel it's divine, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's truly special. And I think that's the only way you can describe it is as as divine. And he, he did it for a reason. The the cool part is, is that, and I love this about the people I meet and I have the opportunity to meet in my role. I really don't know who you are either. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't know about your sons, the way, you know, you've, you've let me into that space about them being able to play basketball at a high level. I didn't know any of that. And I feel like what we miss in this generation is just authenticity. Mm-hmm. And like People loving us for us, not for our position, not for what we make, not for who we know. Yeah. And I think that's what we value most is that it's just authentic. It was before any, and it uh, is remaining because of the right things. And I think, man, if, if people are listening, you got to find people that, that love you for you on good days and bad days yeah. that don't judge you for your failures, but they lift you up in spite of your failures. 
And yeah. so for me, I think that's how we really truly strengthen one another in a special way. Yeah. And, and it is, and it's more difficult to lift someone up than it is to tear someone down. I, when I talk, whether it's a keynote or to a group of kids or players or whatever, that's the one thing is like, we live in a world of comparison and it's so much easier for us to tear somebody down as opposed yeah. to lift them up because lifting somewhat takes intentionality. Yes. Um, it takes connecting with that person, understanding that person and understanding like what they need in that moment. And I don't think that, like you said, the connectedness, we're more connected than we've ever been in human history, but I think we're more <laughs> separated than we've ever been as well. Yes, 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 100%. I think the the connections are are there, but the connection is not there. Right. Where we are truly slowing down and truly getting to know the, the, the real side of one another, not the polished performance side that's posted on Instagram or right. different social media outlets. And that takes time. It takes intentionality, you know? Absolutely. And you talk about uplifting. Um, you are constantly lifting your wife, Charmaine, up. You're constantly lifting your kids up, Lavender and Grayson. So what has or what does being a husband and father mean to you? Yeah. Oh, man, I think it means more now than ever. As I see my kids develop, you're you're a little bit ahead of me in this category. <laughs> yeah, just a little. You got some older ones really coming up. But for me, as my, I see my kids nine and five develop, I think I'm learning that um, it truly is a, a specialized role. Mm -hmm. It's not something to enter in and think that you can be casual and just make money and come home. Right. Interact and engage and invest. Uh, if, if we were to go like stock market, it, it's like what you put in is what you get out. Right. And I think with my kids and wife, that's what I'm learning more and more right now. Even though they're young, yeah. if I put in that time to 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 not just like play with them, but teach them things and be present with my wife, be invested in her career and her life and her mind, because mm. it's easy as a human to be selfish. Like my, right. <laughs> my life legacy, my career, but really everything around us is our legacy. Right. And my kids, of course, is evidently my legacy, but how do I invest intentionally? Like right now I'm having my son wash dishes, um, 14 <laughs> times, you're going to get a hundred dollars. Yeah. And this hundred dollars is to teach him actually about the stock market. Okay. I was like, we're going to put $25 into some stock into your four favorite companies. I don't have to do that with him. I can I can feed him. I can ask him how he's doing. I can play ball with him. But to invest into him, and my parents were incredible in investing me spiritually. But I felt like some financial aspects they really didn't unpack with me. Mm. They didn't unpack some life things. Like this is gonna get a little vulnerable, but I'm gonna go here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they didn't really sit me down and have a sex talk. I do not remember my parents saying, "Hey, Jason, this oh, yeah. is what the call is." I discovered that all on my own in a whole other place. And maybe it's because that generation, you too? Yeah, okay. yeah, me too. Like, yo, yeah. I didn't know nothing. Like, like, legit, I didn't know anything. So I'm now sitting down with my son, investing in my daughter. Not yet. She a little young. Yeah. But Grayson's in fourth grade. So we're reading a book about sex. I don't want him to be surprised. I want him to be well-versed. I don't want him his friends to dictate. Mm -hmm. And it's with my wife. Like, she just switched careers to real estate, doing so well. Yeah. But she was a teacher for 10 years. And in that shift, man, like anytime it's a transition in anything you do, we go through a grieving process. Yeah. And my wife, man, she grieved. 
she grieved not knowing her purpose or what she felt like she fit. And she was lost. And me slowing down and really saying, hey, let's take this step by step. Yeah. What you can do. And she actually opened a business in the pandemic. She started uh, with this other like uh, multi-level marketing thing. She tried a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to be down in this. And it was a four-year journey between her last job mm-hmm. and her career. And she thanks me so much for investing, not giving up, keeping her lifted up because I could have lost her in that transition. Yeah, absolutely. Most vulnerable in the transitions of life, right? And so I think I understand it's a specialized, focused, it's not something we can just casually do. Yeah. How we intentionally, weekly and monthly, I have a group of guys, we hold each other accountable to dating our wife and investing in our kids. Like, they's like, hey, did you do it? Like, don't talk about it be about it did you actually spend time with them yeah and we have it mapped out and we hold each other accountable monthly so it's a real thing it's a real thing yeah and, and i think that's important too i think you know when speaking on marriage one of the things you start to see and you've probably seen it a lot of is um as families as kids graduate you know and they're going to college or you you realize that your life as a mom and dad has been solely focused on the kids. And now when that's taken away, so to speak, what do you have? You know, what kind of relationship do you have? And, and I think that's where you wake you like people have, I know comedians have said, you turn over and you look like, who's this person laying next to me? (laughs) I don't know you. Right. And I think it's important. I think that's, that's the one part in marriage today that I feel like people give up on, you know, they don't, invest the time in or even invest in learning about them because even going through myself, I know when Michelle and I were going through our Rocky road, I had a lot to work on myself. I had to look myself in the mirror. I had to make some changes personally. And whether that led to us staying together or not, it was going to be what it was going to be. But I had to look in the mirror and say like, okay, what am, what am I doing? And I even felt like I had, I, I, I didn't know what my purpose was in that either. Right. And I, I, and going through the the therapy and meeting with the counselor, like I actually, it was, it's always been there, but I defined it one way and God was defining it another way. And so when I finally got on his page, you know, things started to click, but, but yeah, I think the, the investment in time or investment, like you're saying with your kids, your wife, that's one of the things that we have to do a better job of moving forward as, you know, moms and dads. It's a great tension because if I I, I, I felt it this week, man, I, yeah. I have not expected this. I don't want any <laughs> listener to think that I haven't figured out. So let me be real, real, real with you. Okay. I was like, man, if 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 I'm I'm spending time at work to provide a life for my children, but when I'm providing this life for them by working extra hours and I'm in a high capacity role, and I'm not being with them. And it's like, well, do I do I make the money so they can be in karate ballet? And, and, and have the clothes and the, you know, things that I've given them, or do I spend time at home and they don't have anything right, <laughs> they right. got me? And it's the great tension, yeah. you know, it's something, it's not a problem to solve because yes, financially we do need to set ourselves up, not just our children, but ourselves up for success. But you got to find the windows and the rhythms of investment because that's where the real wins are. And I love that about you, how, even with all that you're doing, <laughs> you still like your sons are in high school, try to be at their games. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 
You know, like I hear you talk about, like, I got to be at their games. I got to be here. I got to be here for my, I want to coach my daughter's basketball team. Those are all investments. When they see you in the stands, even if it is an arena in the NBA, it's like, that's my dad. He's still here for me. You're still investing. Like, and I think it's, it's wise because Proverbs says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Yeah. So how we engage with our children is not just for them. It's for our third and fourth generation. Yeah. And it's, that's well, it's crazy. Big. Yeah, it's big. And people don't think that way. Like, hey, you know, we're uh-huh. we, we're so kind of tunnel vision at times that we don't see that. Um, but, you know, the one thing, too, speaking on, you know, how you're saying that that tension, you know, people talk about work life balance. There is no such thing as work life balance <laughs> because there's going to be times like based on what you're doing, like you may spend a little bit more time at yeah. work and doing those things that you need to do to be able to do the things you need to do so you can do the things you want to do. And so, and so things will, things will shift. And when you have to be there for your wife and your kids, like you're able to do that because you've set yourself up with everything that you've done on this other side. And I think that that's the one thing I remember being a regional manager. I never talked about work-life balance, but I was like, Mm -hmm. if, if work interferes with home, then we got to have a, have a talk about it. Like, what can I do as your manager to help lessen that tension? Um, Right. You know, and the other thing too is like, hey, you know, I'm trying to make this money, you know, as a regional manager, I got to be able to do those kind of things too. So I think that there's a lot of uh, things that come and go. Like you say, that tension is always going to be there. It's just a matter of how you navigate it. 100%. I think when I learned rhythms is Mm -hmm. when it really became more manageable for me personally. When I understood that there were seasons in my life that I would have to grind, but there were seasons in my life that I was choosing to grind where I could have actually right. be more I was like oh you don't have to do all of that day like <laughs> I started to like see myself and evaluate and let people into that space yeah. because there were some rhythms I was missing by me just being I'm more of on the work workaholic side and I used to wear it as a like badge like man I'll, I'll work you I'll get up early I'll stay up late and I'm still that way yeah but now like no I don't have to I don't have to do that in order to be successful Right. Because success is not just money or things. My definition of success is the people closest to me, loving me and respecting me the most. Yeah. So I get to redefine and I would encourage every listener to like, what's your definition of success? Do you want to wake up one day and have all the things you want, but you don't have the family, the most, the, you don't have right. any friends. Yeah. Like I value, like I make time for you. Yeah. I'll be on my way to work and me and he'll call me. I'll pick up. Yeah. I will, I will pause a meeting and be like, hold on, let me, let me see what my guy doing. I want to have friends at the end of my journey to be able to just celebrate with and enjoy. And so it's like, well, success is more than just what I make on a dollar amount. Yeah. It's, it's every aspect of my life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we'll go back to something you talked about earlier is like you loved even at an early age to develop leaders, to pour into people. And I, and this is a couple of things. I want you to talk about what you're doing when it comes to developing leaders. Cause I know you got a couple of different things. I definitely get emails and, and, and uh, you know, text messages on the things that you're doing, which is phenomenal. I love it all. But I want to ask you this, as you're developing leaders, do you feel that you're also helping these same people find their purpose? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, yeah, the, the short answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> the short answer is yes. I feel like 
if you're not developing people towards their purpose, then you're trying to develop um, a product and not a person. Right. Gotcha. So a product is something I use. So if I'm not giving you a true uh, uh, end goal, a real like destiny, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm seeing you as something I'm going to use for a season and then throw away when I'm no longer using it. But my development style is all about producing the purpose. And the purpose is not just one thing. They're created not just to be an employee. Like let's say you're a business owner. They're not just your employee. I know you, I think you hired, I think it was your niece yeah, yeah. to help with producing your show. Yeah. Now, what if you treated your niece? Now, it's, it, I love this example because it's your family member, right? It's somebody you care about. Yeah. But all she was to you was to get the thing done and get the product out. But it's like, no, one day she's going to be a wife. She's going to be a mom. She's going to have, you know, she may have her own company one day. Yeah. And if you only develop her to the level of getting something out of her, you limited what you're going to get in this season and what she will become in the next. Yeah, absolutely. She is becoming something even as you're now giving her purpose, giving her opportunity, opening up things. And so that's how I see it. I'm not just developing you for a moment of my purpose. I'm developing you for your ultimate purpose. That may not be in this season. It may be beyond me. Yeah. And that's kind of my, even my language of my company, my leadership company It's called beyond you. Because if it's not about you, it'll live beyond you. Yeah, That's kind of how we kind of phrase it and frame it. It's not about me. As I'm developing leaders and business owners and, and CEOs, it's not about me. So I take myself out of the equation in my development and I focus on the person because I want to see them go beyond what they ever thought. I love that. And I think even too, initially, you've got to work extra hard to show them that that's the case. Like yeah. I'm pouring into you, not just for me, like, yeah, it was, it was great to have my niece, you know, redo my website and do some other things. But in that, I started talking to her about what her goals were, what she, where she wanted her company to go, you know, talked about speaking more. She's like, well, you know, uncle Kenyon, I really want to speak more. So now it's a matter of, okay, what can we do to right. open, you know, give her an opportunity to speak? I said, Hey, maybe you and I do something together, but she now understands, like, for me, it wasn't about just... I'm being honest. I love her to death. It wasn't just about hiring my niece to do something for me. It was like pouring back into my kids because I'll say this, and this is a completely, sorry, it's, it's, a, it's a left turn off the road. But you and I talked about like things happen for a reason. And when my mom had her stroke, you know, one of the questions I asked and you and I have talked about it is why did it happen to her at this point in time? She was at a place where she was enjoying life, um, living, and then this happens. And as I've thought about it even more, this last year, I've been to South Carolina more times than I have in the last 20 years. I've reconnected with family. Um, there's certain things that I didn't know were, were going on. Now I'm I'm engaged in those. And no one ever wants to see somebody fall ill or anything like that or to, mm-hmm. to do this, but I have always been trying to find what's the positive in this because I feel like if I dwell on the negative, it'll just make me sad. It'll make me feel sorry for my mom, which is something she definitely wants, doesn't want me to do. But it's, it's created this appreciation for my family that I didn't have because I hadn't been there. And so for me, you know, even with you, like all these things kind of happen for a reason and it put me in a position to be able to do 
so many things for so many other people. And that's just the one thing, like my niece is like, I, I know your dream now. So what are we going to do to help get you there? And so, yeah, I just, sorry, that was a tangent, but I just, I love just it. felt like it, saying it's perfect tangent. Listen, that was the perfect tangent because you talked about something bigger than you. It was beyond you. Cause you asked me about my development, but yeah. that's it. Me even being your friend is also you being a good son in this season. You're not just a father. You're not just a husband, but your mom invested into you. And now I get to help you carry that legacy of your mom well. But also, you know, God is so cool that he allows you to, you know, reconnect with some roots and learn some different things. Even spend more time with me. Like you wasn't coming to Charlotte that often. <laughs> yeah, right. like we hung out more and, and it's been a blessing. Like it's been a mutual benefit. And so it's like, we don't see the bigger plan. And so my development is always trying to bring in that bigger plan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could get the people that report to me as a supervisor just to be good at their job. But that would be so limited. Yeah. And we really wouldn't get anything done. And we, we get the bare minimum. Yeah. I'm like, how can we change the world? I yeah. call my people world changers. Like, like it's bigger than us. So yeah. how do we get outside of ourselves? And so I feel like that's what you did in that moment with your mom, with your niece. You got outside of King, you got outside of just your needs mm-hmm. and say, how, how can we truly develop you? Absolutely. And as we level you up, we will also level up those around us. Yeah. I love that. I love that level up. That's uh, I know that's one of your new, new things now with your leadership program and things like yeah, that. <laughs> but I want to ask you, like you, people know you probably most as pastor Jason, yeah. right? But you have so many other interests and, and I know I didn't, I know I, probably didn't cue this up for you um, when we were talking before, but you have some really good interest. I mean, you're like, you have some different projects going on, but the one I want to talk about is like the entrepreneurial part, but the property thing, like you're, you're really into like investing in properties and things like that. Like you talked about wanting to be a millionaire, but how did that, you know, love or interest in, you know, real estate property, how did that come? Cause I know you've bought some houses and flipped some houses and done some stuff like that. Where did that come from and kind of where are you at with that now? Well, they say you show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I got around some guys, man. It's one guy, one of my good friends. His name is Decatur Wilson, DW. Actually, the next time you come down, you're going to meet him because okay. he wants to meet you. But he used to he used to be an engineer at Frito-Lay, and he quit his job to help his wife start a therapy clinic called Thrive. Now they have five locations in North and South Carolina. But he used the money from flipping homes to be able to fund this therapy business. Okay. But also just really get into investing in real estate. And he was actually at my campus. Like he was one of my good friends at the campus. And he was like, Jay, you should think about this. And he started teaching me about real estate. But when I was, he was also a realtor before my wife was. Okay. He was a realtor. And so I was like, hey, I think I want to buy my first home. So I want to use you. And so as we were doing the journey of finding my first home, it was in 2020, the yeah. worst time right. to purchase a home. I remember we that, yeah. Like 20 homes, man. I mean, like, we were getting outbidded <laughs> by like 30, 40 grand, man. People were going crazy in COVID. It was horrible. Yeah. I don't know if you were buying a house in COVID as a listener, but man, it was not fun. <laughs> and so I was like, just like, just ah. But my dream was to take my first home and turn it into a rental property mm. because of him. He influenced me. And said, hey, you need to open your mind and not just owning a home, 
but how can you make residual income from your first home? So I was like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But after 2020, I was discouraged. Well, he found me this home that was okay. It was a three bedroom too. It was in a good neighborhood, but my wife hated it. It wasn't great. <laughs> you know, it needed a lot of work and we ain't carpenters. Okay. Right, I know right. what Jesus was, but yeah. Jason is not, <laughs> I am not, a, I don't have any of those skills. A lot of other skills, but not that one. Yeah. This first house, man, we, we took it and we, we just said, Hey, it's not what we want, but we see a future in being able to use it as a rental property. And that's just what we did. He wrote down the numbers, went over all the financials, and we did it. We bought the house, and then we were able to uh, move out of it, get another property, and rent that one out. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this adventure. It was tight. We were using like savings. We were just trying to figure it out. And we rented it out for three years. And just recently, I, I told you about this. Yeah. I'm selling that house now for almost three times what I purchased it for. And I'm starting an investment company. And now this investment company is to do multifamily and to do bigger mm. complexes in the millions. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. our first <laughs> property be about three to $6 million. And I just want to help people, number one, understand investing better, you know, as, as, as people, not just white or black or any color, but just as people, mm. I think sometimes things are not clearly explained so people can have great investments, yeah. even if they have it in uh, stock, they need to diversify their investments. And so me and me and my friend, EW, we were like, man, we really we don't just want to invest and make money. We want to build people. Yeah. So even the investing company has this element of developing people to be even better um, moms, dads, business owners. Yeah. And also grow their wealth. And so uh, it's it's beyond you investing, and it's where people can find a safe place to invest, but also grow in their leadership. So we don't want to just see people make money. We want to see people become better people. Yeah. And so now we're headed in that direction. But it all started, man, with just the right people around me uh, teaching me. Uh, he's not greedy. He's just a person that really is godly and really wants to see others grow. And so I'm excited to to start this new adventure with him. But it started small. It started yeah. small. But I mean, that goes into the old adage of you give a man a fish he's for a day, you teach a man a fish he's for a lifetime. And say it again. You know, so <laughs> this like that. But and once again, that's one of those things that we don't have enough people doing that, you know, and that's no. that's how it should. That's how it should be um, as we're passing knowledge on as we're getting, you know, it, it should be something that we should be willing to give to anyone. And I've been working with another company on um, some app some app stuff. And one of the things they found out is like 90% of Americans actually have a negative relationship with money, 90%. And that it goes back to what you're saying, like um, financial literacy and things like that. Those are things that we need to have. And, and as, you know, as black men, uh, we, that doesn't happen in our community. So we, we have to go above and beyond not only to learn about it and then take that knowledge and pass it down. And I think that's the most important thing that you're talking about is, is being able to pass that down. That's what we're most excited about. As, we, as we're building this thing and people are getting into investing with us, we're trying to help them see like the, the money aspect is, is, the, is the educational part. But the true education is community and partnership. Yeah. And continue learning about this area people have a negative relationship with. I think the negativity comes from their relationship of money controls them instead of them controlling the money. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. So, I mean, I'm not sure 
how much you can tell me, but I know you have some very unique projects on the horizon. Um, and I'm not putting you on the spot. So I'm just, I'm just saying, um, is it one <laughs> of those things that's, you know, kind of in the black box or, and you know what I'm talking about. You don't even have to refer to that if you got something else going on too. But I just want to know, like, what's what's some new stuff you got on the horizon that you're working on? Yeah, I, I don't mind giving a little sneak peek. <laughs> you got some good listeners, so I want them to be aware. Man, I, I just believe I have a unique, uh, like I said, starting off young, I had this unique ability to, to to play music. That led to production, and that led to me, like, songwriting and, and really trying to see how I can influence and impact the world through music. And so a uh, big picture is that, you know, I'll be releasing um, some music very soon, but it'd be less about the music and more about a movement. Right. I want to be able to enter into sectors and realms in the world that are really dark and they need light. They need hope. They need inspiration. They need a lot more than what, you know, um, just certain styles of music are giving them. And so one of my, my like you said, black box projects <laughs> that I will soon be releasing some some music that I believe that will continue to influence culture mm-hmm. in a healthy way and regain, I think, what I call the lost values of respect, honor, what is love. My first song is called The Power of Love. And it's like, man, I think it's been misconstrued and people are using it in a weird way. Mm. How can I redefine it for a generation that's listening to a lot of different influences? Yeah. How can I go the space to just give them an, not even an alternative, but a vision for their life? It's like, yeah, I got these other artists I listen to. I won't call nobody out. Yeah, yeah. But this artist, you know, and, and what we make, I want it to be something that gives them direction and helps them really become who they're called to be. And so for me, um, coming soon hopefully hopefully next year and uh, i will be releasing at least four songs that will hopefully change the trajectory of of our generation you know that's the goal the mission is not small i want to honestly change the world with this and truly help people find um what they've been searching for i feel like people are really searching for hope and how to come out of certain painful things in their life and i want to be able to to provide that space and help them navigate yeah, no, I think um, I know it's a big one. You said it's a, it's a it's a big vision, a big dream, but and it, it probably scares you a little bit because they say if it doesn't scare you, then it's not big enough. I know. Yeah, so so I, I love that. But uh, one thing, so I always do rapid fire questions for all my guests, and so we're gonna we're gonna uh, throw some at you. Let's see uh, <laughs> see how these come out. All right, name two things from your personal bucket list. All right. Uh, I want to go to Colorado. I've never been. I heard it was an incredible place. Okay. And um, I, I think it's like, uh, it's, it's this show called Tiny Desk. It's a really famous musical show. I want to perform on Tiny Desk. That's a bucket list. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. I never heard. I'm, yeah, I'm about to say, I'm going to have to look it up because I don't know what that is. And look up Tiny Desk. It's crazy. It's okay. Crazy. Sweet. Number two, if you were cast on Survivor, on, uh, oh, sorry, if you were cast on a Survivor show, doesn't matter. What are two items that are must-haves for you? Yeah. I'm a I'm an avid music listener, so some kind of music device that has endless life where I can listen to. I just I must <laughs> have it. I yeah. must have it. 
And I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know about the second thing. I feel like I need some food and water, something practical. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm also spiritual, so I guess the Bible, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, have something to inspire me. But I think I want to eat, so yeah. I feel like a knife would be helpful. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I would die, obviously. You see, I would just die. I listen to music and just read and die. Yeah, you know? that's, that's funny. All right, so yeah, in uh, according with the sh- accordance with the show. Uh, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Yeah. Well, for me, leaving a legacy is leaving something beyond me that uh, influences not just my family, but the world around me. I feel like just influencing my kids and, and my wife is too small. Um, I believe it's leaving an impact, a lasting impact on people in a positive way. Uh, one of my people that I feel like is a legacy lever that, that truly has imprinted my life and I never met him is Martin Luther King. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer because it's an <laughs> obvious one, but, you know, out of, out of studying his life and his legacy, it's really inspired me to be the man that I am, seeing what he had to endure. It wasn't an easy thing that he endured. Most people glamorize his yeah. life, but people hated him while he was alive. He was not loved. He was not accepted. Even in a popular opinion poll, he was like, he was a villain right. in this. And so he didn't, he really never got to feel or see his true impact or influence. And so I feel like it's leaving that impact on people that you'll never meet. You'll never uh, shake hands with. You'll never even know, but you truly did change their world and their perspective and what they thought was possible. I love it. I love it. Well, man, I, I got to thank you. And, and one thing I do for my listeners too, is I, I always end with a quote and this was one uh, synonymous quote, but uh, it, it, I feel like it truly epitomizes our relationship. Um, and the quote is, we don't meet people by accident. They are meant to cross our path for a reason. And I think, you know, we talked about it earlier, like there, there was a reason that you and I connected, um, that we stay connected. And I know that we'll, we'll be connected for, for as long as I can think, you know, as long as I'm here on this earth, I know, know that we'll be connected, but, um, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I, I absolutely love you, brother. Um, and I'm glad you carved out some time in your day to, uh, you know, to uh, grace my show with uh, your presence. Yes, I'm going to be on here, man. I'm excited about this show. And uh, I know it's going to continue to do great things, man. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a huge thanks to Wise Financial as our title sponsor, Stella's Fresh Mex, Storyline Multimedia. Without those guys and you, the audience, we couldn't uh, accomplish anything. And remember, you can still go to our YouTube network page, uh, the Talk About Network. Subscribe, give us a like, hit the notification button so that you know when a new episode drops. But today, we're going to leave you with something special. We're going to leave you with a short video called Leadership Level Up from my brother, Pastor Jason Price. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, sir. How do we get results? I know you want results in your home. I know you want results in your life or your business. I want to help you get there because results are necessary. I believe the distance between insanity and genius is results. So I believe if we can get you more effective and productive, then everything around you will change and the results will come. This is Leadership Level Up. We want to help you level up in every area of your life. So how do we get these results? How do we actually take something from one to 10? 
10 to 200? How do we see people around us grow with us? How do we get the results we need, the sales? Maybe in our home, we want our kids to actually get to another level in their behavior. Well, let me help you get there step by step. The first thing I want you to know, it's gonna take some time. Results do not come overnight and they do not come easy. You know that already, but I don't want you to come in with a false expectation. Whatever you wanna influence will take some time. But I'm gonna bring along one of my favorite leadership coaches, he's incredible, John Maxwell. And he talks about the five levels of leadership because this is how you get results. When you go to a new company, a new job, when you go to a new environment where you're expected to do something at a higher level, you have to understand the five levels of leadership and your influence, say that with me, say influence. Influence is how I get results even beyond myself. All right. So the first level of these five levels of leadership is position. You are in position as a mom, as a leader, as a person that's called to actually help other people and get results. So you must first understand your position. But that's just the first level. If you come into somewhere trying to get results and all you have is a new title, you can't start bossing people around. You must move up to level two, which is permission. Permission is getting others to believe in what you're doing and actually getting some influence under your belt. So even with your kids, it's funny when I play a little video games with my son, Grayson, when I want him to do something, I get a little influence first and I'm like, hey, Gray, let's go clean up. He's excited because I just invested in something he loves. How do you invest in the people around you? Maybe spend some time with them, take them to Starbucks. Invest in the people and the relationships in order to gain helpful influence. Because the third level is production. This is how you actually get results. You have the position, you get the permission, now you get to produce results with that person. You get to help them achieve, you get to achieve because you have accountability, you have trust, you have unity, you have a target and clear expectations. Now we can get to the results, but it doesn't stop there because I believe results kind of plateau over time. So you can start off actually doing pretty well, but John Maxwell talks about this fourth level, which I believe that I want to help you do and help you level up is people development. Now, people hit this lid in their performance. They hit this lid in their understanding. How can you get them beyond the lid they will eventually hit development? You have to get them exposed to new things. You have to get new information into them. You have to develop the person that you've been entrusted with or the team or the people or the family. For me and my family, I like to develop my family through actually spending time and quality time together, learning about their interests, doing something that helps them become better as a person. Listen, last but not least, it's something that we all need. It's legacy. You want to actually leave a pinnacle. This is the highest level of leadership where you can look back and see the people you develop, the production and results you've gotten, the permission and influence you have, and the position that you've been given and see the pinnacle of your leadership go to the next level. This is Leadership Level Up, and this will help you level up in every area of your life. This podcast is sponsored by Storyline Multimedia. Storyline is an Iowa City-based media company that specializes in creating high-quality video, photo, and audio productions for local businesses. Not only that, 
they also produce a number of podcasts, including this one. So if you're interested in sharing the story of your business with the world, contact them today by visiting storylinemultimedia.com. And remember, your story matters.